everyone wins more than they put in. That is the key phrase that all of Stephen Clark's businesses run off of. Every business that he creates must have that at the core. Otherwise, he scraps it. Everyone must win more than they put in. And it is how things become sustainable. Because why would anybody want to stop? It's just like the triple bottom line for people, profit, and planet. When everyone wins, why would anybody want to stop? That is why I'm super excited to introduce Stephen Clark, the CEO and founder of RTG Group of Companies. And I really want you to pay close attention to Stephen's model that he describes here today because it is truly revolutionary. What he has designed several times over. And in each situation, everyone wins more than they put in. And all of this is fueled by RTG, which stands for receiving through giving, providing 30 meals at one meal a day for about $40. And Stephen really go into all the ins and outs of how the model works and what an impact it is having on the giving industry. But just remember in each one, everyone wins more than they put in. You're here for another dose of climate positivity on the Green Business Impact Podcast. Here we highlight the amazing work of green businesses from around the world that are fighting against climate change. If you are ready to be inspired to take action, ready to hear some amazing examples of how we are working to fight the climate crisis, then stay tuned because this week's episode will be the perfect hit of climate positivity. Steven, super excited to have you on the podcast today. When I heard of what you do, it just blew me away. So I'm super excited to share what you do with everyone else and to make sure that I don't fumble along explaining it in any way. How about you go ahead and let everybody know the crazy stuff that you're working on? Yeah, thanks for having me here. Pleasure to be on here. Honestly, I think that really, if anybody were to take a deep dive, obviously, I was, I've been spent 25 years in the advertising world. So I'm well versed at finding kind of the right things to do based on data and everything that we have. But my goal six years ago was to make a positive impact in the world. And it was really that simple. It sounded simple. It wasn't that simple. Because we really <laughs> didn't know what cause or anything like that. And once we took a deep dive into the space and it was, and this was better part of nine months that we researched and came up with real things I had no idea. And so by the time that finished, I knew that there was some challenges that needed to be addressed. And I felt the only real way to do that was by creating a new model. And that's what we did. We created a for-profit social enterprise. But as I've mentioned to you before, Billy, we know that the charities all have great intention. For the most part, they're doing a positive work. The problem is you have a 150-year-old model that really hasn't changed. And we give a lot of money every year. People are always astounded when I tell them we give over 450 billion US dollars every year just to charities and nonprofits in Canada, the United States. And last time I told somebody, he says, no, that's global. I'm like, no, that's North America. And we need to be solving with that much money. And that is a lot of money. People, people say we need to get more. We always need to get more, but that's enough money to be eradicating some of these challenges. And we're not. And so that's why we do what we do. We just developed this new model. We selected feeding because as a for-profit social enterprise, 
you have to sell something, right? I mean, you got to sell something if you're going to make a profit. And so we elected to make it food and we wanted to really develop a good, healthy food, which we did non-GMO organic. And uh, yeah, now we're developing all these crazy models and involving all different types of people and rolling out the very first, and this is exciting, probably the first time a lot of people are hearing it, but the very first social impact franchise in the world, which will launch at the beginning of Q2 of next year in both Canada and the United States. And that'll be about close to 60 franchises in those in, in that time frame. And a lot of athletes involved in Excel, NFL, but also now NBA, Major League Baseball players. So that's really cool because they all want to end hunger in their community. And that's great because by doing that, we're going to be able to fund all these other causes, incentivize volunteers, if you and I have talked about, which really do need to get some type of something payment, or in our case, free travel for doing what they do. And we're able to do that because again, we're a for-profit social enterprise. Definitely. So your RTT group, and so you have a number of different companies underneath this whole social enterprise. Can you break that down for us a little bit and maybe give us an example of helping feeding and then you're giving back to nonprofits as well. Let's like try to dissect that model a little bit. Yeah. So all we do is RTG stands for receiving through giving. And we have RTG Group Inc. in Canada, RTG Group USA in the United States. They're our main companies, they're umbrella companies. And the reason we did that is because there's a number of our companies like purpose-driven travel, purpose-driven artists, purpose-driven creators. And these are standalone companies. Purpose-driven artists is obviously feeding. But then the give back is about supporting the arts and the music and the dance community. And so they'll be able to put millions of dollars every year into that purpose-driven travel, as I just mentioned, that's the model that will be franchised. And that is all around the volunteers, 70 million volunteers in Canada, the United States. And a lot of them do their cause like diabetes. Obviously the majority of the volunteers have diabetes. So obviously they want to raise money for diabetes, but I've now shown them that they can raise more money for diabetes by feeding kids and get free travel. So there's always that give back portion that we give back of every roughly $40 to feed, to provide 30 meals. That's a meal a day. That's what we do. And then we've always got money to give back to the charities, back to the volunteers, or it may be a model like the vegan experience, which is all around to support the vegan community. And so we get really creative with those things. So that was the request that they came to us. And we said, okay, if you're going to help us feed a million kids, then we're going to be able to give that give back to invest in vegan startups so we can support the vegan community. And they love that. And then even someone's going back to new vegan events that we wanted to create because when we did a deep dive of that space, we felt that there wasn't enough education being given to the people who aren't vegan. We were thinking everyone's running around saying, save the animals, and there's way more to it than that. And so when I when we talk even now to some environmentalists, for example, we talk, and people on the climate, we talk about the, what the vegan diet does in those areas. They're shocked. They're like, whoa, I didn't know that. We need to educate people properly. And I think we need to do that generally in all fields. But so that's the one. And that's what our give back to do. Yeah, definitely. Education is huge for any field in any area because lots of times people just don't know. They don't know what they don't know. And you can't work on that and improve that unless you learn something. And so it's a huge part of any model is always education, being able to teach people why you're doing what you're doing, because it's you have an important cause that you're trying to go for and you have to educate them on just getting them to where you are because they're yeah. in a whole different area of their life. And so I think yeah. that's always really important. It yeah. sure is. Definitely. And so you went and looked at the giving industry and 
the way it was working, you said, oh, this model is broken. What led you to get to that point? And why did you then say, okay, to do something about that, I'm going to create a for-profit social enterprise. What was that thought process? So I've been associated with the charity world my entire life. I've been on boards, I've done lots of different events, I've helped, but I didn't really know, I never took a real deep dive into the space and more and more people these days, and we'll come across this all the time, I'm sure a lot of your listeners will be shaking their head at this. They want to know like where their money's going, what the impact is, and especially young people. They're like, they're insisting it. And so when I was looking at that, and it was, it was a little bit of a gray area where exactly how much is going and what it's doing. And there's certain things that were just not sitting well with me. And so I thought if my goal is to really make a positive impact in the world, which is what it was and still is, then I wasn't going to satisfy myself tapping to any of these existing markets, these existing models. So as a creative business strategist, which is what I was in the advertising world, I created many different models for some huge companies. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to just do what I've done in the past. And I'm, now I'm going to do it for myself. And so that's what kind of led me to say, this is what it's needed. And the biggest thing for me, honestly, was when I was looking at them all, it dawned on me halfway through all this research, Billy, was that there's no collaboration in this field. And I was an ex-professional athlete, and I feel pretty strongly, I have my whole career, that we're stronger together. And I know when I say people, they do exactly what you're doing right now. They're shaking their head, of course. But here's an entire industry that doesn't really work together. And we know why they're all the same grants, same donors or whatever, but they tend not to work together. And that's a flaw in any strategy. So I thought, okay, let's boil that down. Let's find out things that are needed. We already know transparency. Absolutely. And now we're finding another one here that is absolutely necessary if you're going to build a new model, and that's collaboration. And then the last one, which I build in every single model I've ever built in my entire life is sustainability. And regardless of what anybody talks about sustainability, I see so many different people talking about sustainability. And really it boils down to this, create a model where everybody wins more than they put in. And you've got sustainability because as the young kids would say, why would they stop? So that is really the key. Now, it's not always easy to do, but if you can do it, you're guaranteed sustainability. So those are the three points that we were really focused on. And that's what we ended up creating in every company, every mod, every program we design, everything has got those three things first and foremost. And if it doesn't, we've trashed many. We just said, no, that's not going to work. So trash it. And we move on to the next. That's really, really important for us. Yeah, definitely. No, that, that's great. And so you had, you mentioned a couple of your, your companies before, like the purpose-driven creators and the purpose-driven artists and things like that. Do you mind going into one, choosing one that you would like to dive into more? Yeah, a purpose-driven artist, which is going to launch next month, really exciting one. And so we have our managing partner there, who's a former colleague of mine at Sachi. She is really passionate about art and everything. And so we talk, start talking about the size of the art community and how less and less people are getting involved in it and they need something and everything. So our model, of course, is by feeding, we must tap into existing markets so that we can better that market, just like the vegan one I told you about. So the purpose-driven artist, which is going to be really cool because it's going to involve NFTs and all the futuristic stuff. But all that happens is by feeding, that company gets money back and they have a mandate that they must give, for example, 50% back 
into those areas. So they're already designing. They got some really cool things already ready to rock and roll, but they will end up. So for just an example, every month, let's say, for example, we take five million, we're feeding, we're feeding 500,000 kids a month through that model with the money that we brought in, which went, which by the way, went to purpose driven creators and all of our social media influencers to, to create that 500 fed. But now we've got a couple million dollars a month going back to purpose driven artists. And they have to a minimum, a million dollars a month must go back in to supporting the art, music, and dance community. So they're having draws regularly, they have different ones, and they buy that all that art from, no one likes to be called a starving artist, but we know them as that. But these artists who are struggling to someone, and we're able to help purchase their art, and then we there's draws probably every, every month, but now they're talking about every week because of the amount that we'll be able to put in. And the music side will be able to book recording time for artists who want to make music, or and we've got a couple of already ballet schools that we're going to do the scholarships for and things like that. So that will be their job to put back into bolster that community. Of course, there's a lot of people that really believe that art, and I, I'm one of them, I think art is really important. And just a world without art would just be terrible. And so that's what they will do with that. And that's the perfect example. I mean, in Purpose Driven Travel, it's all about the volunteers and the charity partners and everything else. In this one, it's about the artists. And so I think that's going to be really strong. But fundamentally, if you strip everything away, all of this stuff is, is possible because we're feeding people. And that's the real cool thing about what we do. Yeah, that's great. You're making a way for kids to be fed and then also being able to work towards these other models, which is awesome. And you mentioned a world without art. I was listening the other day. Art is like one of those things in school that gets kicked out the door first. You remove art, you remove dance, you remove these other things because you have to focus on your core fundamentals, right? But what studies have shown is that they've gone into these schools that have removed art and just focus on fundamentals and kids do a lot worse in the fundamentals because they don't have art they don't have the creative side they're not able to bring that into their core studies and that's what the art and all these other things are able to do is be able to express themselves in new ways and you're able to take some of those things that you learn in these other more creative fields and bring them into your core mathematics and, and language arts and things like that bring them in and that's what people miss out on when you try to just focus on the fundamentals you lose that creativity which is so desperately needed and you also have the sustainability funding program can you talk more about that yeah that was i don't want to say it was a fluke but it was a friend of mine had not that long ago really had reached out to me she's in the nonprofit space and she has been for a while and she asked me if you know what we could do she's known for a long time and said how could i help them with the nonprofit space and i said we've got all these companies and everything that's what we're focused on doing but so what is is the problem and of course we know the problem is probably is funding and the real problem that she explains that she goes out she they do all their stuff to raise funds and they raise hundred thousand dollars and then they go and they spend that hundred thousand dollars and obviously and doing good and whatever and then it's gone and then that's to go do it again and that's just a cycle that's forever there's just there's no stopping that and maybe you're fortunate enough you tap into the grants things or whatever but again that's a flawed strategy if you're counting on that because the government could just say, oh, we're not doing that program anymore and it's gone. And I know actually nonprofits and charities who have counted on government 
grants and everything and are gone because of that. The government just said, we don't have that anymore and it's done. So she wanted me to know what we could do. So we took a little bit of a dive in that for her. I actually, this was a personal project for me. And so I got back to her and I said, okay, so here's the deal. I've looked at it and I understand it much better now, exactly what you're doing. So can you go out? And she had used the figure of a hundred thousand. So I said, so can you go out and get a hundred thousand dollars? She's like, yeah, that's what I do now. I said, yeah, by the way, how difficult is that? She's like, it's not easy. I said, I want to make it easier for you. So can you go out and borrow, get people to loan you 10,000, 5,000, whatever on a four-year term loan at 10% interest? She's like, of course. I mean, that that would be way easier. I said, listen, you wanted me to come up with a program. So here it is. So I said, you're going to go out and you're going to do that. And you're going to raise a hundred thousand dollars and you're going to give me the hundred thousand dollars. I said, then I'm going to go down to Cuba and you won't see me again. No, she said, <laughs> okay, of course. Now she's okay. What are you going to do with it? I said, we have purpose driven creators. And you know what, what do social media influencers do? They sell product. So in our case, they sell food. So they're going to take that hundred thousand dollars. They're going to do their campaigns. They're going to do what they've been doing for years. And they're going to guarantee that they're going to feed 5,000 kids. She says, wow. I said, that's a monthly thing because we have the app and we have all the different things. So there'll be 5,000 kids fed every single month because of your $100,000. She said, wow, that's fantastic. I said, yes. And then we have $2 that we're going to get back to you. And so right away, she's $2. Yeah. She said, $2, that's $10,000 a month. I said, yeah. That's $120,000 a year. I said, yeah, we're going to do it for four years. So right away, she says, well, you can't do it. I said, yeah, I can. In fact, we're doing it. So I can do it. I just have never partnered up with nonprofits to do it. She's like, what the heck? I said, yeah. And you can, she said, can I do 200000 Yeah, I said, you do as much as you want. We've got, our creators are very good. I said, but that will be the deal. And then you can continue to do it at the end of four years. She said, this is fantastic. I said, well, not quite. Make it fantastic. Those loans? She said, I said, we're going to pay them for you. I said, what? I said, we're going to pay the loans. And that became the sustainable funding model. And we've just, because we've only had it for a couple of months, we've just been now finalizing. We got a bunch of nonprofits now signed up. We're just starting the program. But think about that one. And as she said to me, what nonprofit wouldn't want to do this? And I said, well, exactly. So there's another example of how we're using that one cause. Remember, all, all we do is feed. And we only other good we do is because of the feeding. So we're still focused on that one cause. But as a friend of mine, one of the largest charities in the world, is the CEO. And he said to me, the beautiful thing about your model is people will look five years from now and say, these guys are feeding 25 million people a month. This is unbelievable. But the people know will say, yeah, look at what else they're doing. Look at all these other causes they're funding because they're doing that. So he said, that will be the really cool thing about your model. So yeah, so that's what we do sustainability funding now. We have, we actually own a nonprofit my wife's company and it's called immigrant women in business it's a canadian company and they're now doing the program very successfully so now they'll become self-funded remember now all of a sudden they become self-funded now and they can do their stuff and they can or as one nonprofit said that's going to be enough to pay all of our overheads and everything like that so that every single cent that we bring in now goes directly back to the cause so that's a good thing too so that's what sustainable funding model yeah that's great being able to say that up on your website and say oh every single dollar that you donate goes directly to your cause that's exactly. incredible and you can prove it too because people you know yourself today billy is people are really, it's the old trust but verify. 
if Reagan had that and all that other stuff, the reality is today, that's never been more enforced. Now, people say, prove it to me. They want to know. And so now when people do this, say, this is the model we're doing. This is what it's getting back. So we're giving that back. That's paying all of our stuff and everything. So if you give me a hundred dollars is going directly to the cause and they can prove it. And I think that's where this industry's headed. And so those who don't do things and make some changes are, I think are going to be in trouble. Yeah, definitely. This is going to be one of those disruptors in the whole industry and put in a positive way. In a pause, that's exactly what the charity CEO said to me. He said, this is the most disruptive thing I've seen in 25 years. The good news for charities and nonprofits is a positive disruption. We can play in this space. We can build together and grow together. That He actually applauded. Yeah, definitely. You're disrupting it and moving aside everyone who's already here. You're just saying, hey, come join me. Let's all grow exactly. together. Let's do so it together. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I love it. That's yeah. awesome. And you're also doing work in LA too, like getting prepared for the Olympics coming up. What is the work that you're doing there? I know you're talking about helping out with the homeless that are there as well. You mind talking a bit? Yeah, that's just in the infant stages. We pitched an idea to the Olympics because they're obviously very concerned. LA is not in very good shape right now and hosting the Olympics in six years, less than six years now. And so we've come up with a plan using our using our program and our model, building a program that will include the athletes there. And again, I was talking to one of the athletes and he said, so you want us to give you a million dollars? And I'm like, no, I want you to loan us a million dollars from your foundation and we'll pay back and pay the interest. And very quickly, he said, I think we just give it to you. We think this is great. We'll give it to you. And we said, no. He said, what do you mean, no? We're going to give you a million dollars. He said, no, you're not. That would screw up our entire model because everybody's got to win more than they put in. So no, you won't. If you want to give it back and do other stuff to other people, that's fine. But this is our model. So we're not changing it because it's sustainable. And I said to him, if you loan us the million dollars and we pay you that back with four years and I want to get another million dollars, would you be there? He said, absolutely. I said, there you go. That's what we're building. We're building trust. We're making sure that everybody wins and you've got a foundation that does other great things. So we're not taking away from that. So we're going to make sure you get that back with interest so you can do more there. And so I think people are starting to appreciate the fact that what we do and how we do it, and it is new and there is a mindset still with a lot of people. You've heard this, Billy, a lot of times. This is the way things are done. That's one of the most ludicrous statements I've ever heard in my life because what about five years ago? Was that the way it was done? No. Yeah, because things evolve, things change. Hopefully we're always trying to improve on things. And that's what I think we've done. I think that's going to be a big one. We're still doing all the kind of stuff and we're not even divulging the name really yet because it's going to be pretty cool. And we've got logos being designed and everything. And we expect to be in LA for a couple of months in the new year working on that. It'll coincide with, with our, we've got a great franchise that's going to be in LA. They're already working on food and everything. So it's a perfect fit for them. An ex NFL guy, which is fantastic. And, and he's really passionate about it. So a lot of really good things happening. That's awesome. And I know you mentioned too on your website that you sent to me about how you guys are also looking to work with large corporations and companies and help them out with their ESG. Cause I know that's a really hot topic for a lot of big companies now is they want to be able to make their ESG standards and things like that. How are you guys helping out on that stance? Yeah. One of the things we found out because of course we're about feeding, right? So 
we developed a sensational model for the corporate world. It was our feeding kids. We went in, it's a team building program. And we found out that it wasn't so sensational. And the reason being was, especially the younger people, and we all know this because we've seen a bunch of young people traveling around the world really passionate about a cause. But if people are passionate about a cause and the company is telling them that they need to get passionate about another cause, obviously that's going to lead to some friction. And that so often, which is what's happening right now, leads to people leaving. And so when we did ours, the feedback was good. It was a team building and they were, which team is going to feed the most kids? And we beta tested that and it was very positive, but the engagement wasn't what we thought it should be. And so when we did a deep dive into that, we realized that it was because there was people that were passionate about other causes. And so they said, hey, that's great. But yeah, we're not doing it because we're passionate about climate or or whatever it may be. So we felt then the only real solution if we wanted to get in the corporate world, and we're certainly not going to ignore the corporate world, was to create a program. And we ended up co-creating it with a tech company, which I ended up buying into. And it's called the Social Impact Challenge. And by the way, we really did this because as we delve deeper into the whole space, we realized that 93% of all corporations in Canada, the United States, are pre-selecting those sustainable development goals and telling their employees, these are the ones that our company is going to be. And that doesn't work anymore because they just won't get engaged. That's a flawed strategy. So what we decided to do is build this model where as a team, same as all of them. And when the employees go on and they click on, the first thing they see is all 17 sustainable development goals. And they get to choose the ones they're passionate about. And when they click on the one they're passionate about, there's 25 different challenges that they can do that actually the algorithms pick up the impact it's having and they give them a point system and so now it's a gamified version which of course young people love and they're competing against each other who's can get more points but they're doing that based on the causes they care about and at the end of it's usually a month-long program at the end of that program the cool thing about that is now the employees are telling the company what they need to care about and that's the way it should be anyway and they'll build up more emotional connection they've got more obviously measurable impact because everything they do now is measurable which goes into the esgs and so i think first of all i think every company in north america should be doing that program not just because it's mine but because then it'll give them that information and it'll make their it'll improve culture it'll do a lot of different things and it will go to the esgs and investors will look at that and say wow this is really cool so i think that's a real strong program there is obviously a feeding one on there so if they're passionate about that they can still do that but we have challenges on there like four oceans a partner of ours which is a for-profit social enterprise i might add and they sell you can buy bracelets and all that kind of stuff about the plastic that came right out of the ocean and got recycled. So a lot of really good stuff that we put in there. So it's a really good program. Yeah, that's great. Being able to connect with your employees and gamify things, and you're just tapping into so many different points that really help from a psychological level to help people be engaged. And that's really important, especially in this day and age. And where do you see the future of the giving industry? Where do you see it going over the next five years or so? I think you're going to see more and more models come out that will involve those three things. Which somebody asked me the other day, does that, does this mean the end of the charity world? No, the charities are huge. And again, they're doing good work. You start getting into St. Jude's and they're saving lives and all that kind of stuff. And where people might argue their overheads are too high and all that's all, you know what, it is what it is. 
But if we can come up with new models that become collaborative and are going to support them anyway, because they are doing good work, as I said before, it's not like they're just, they're embezzling money or anything like that. So I think the future is going to be for-profit social enterprises because you need to bring purpose and profit together. So I think that does it better than anyway. And I think if you see more collaborations, I think the charities are going to start opening up and saying, yeah, let's partner together. Let me send my volunteers to you to feed. And that's what we're hoping that our franchise model does in every community is bring them all together and say, this does work. And once we do a couple of these communities and show it does, it'll be very difficult for anybody not to say, let's work together on this. So I think for ours, and ours might be the leader in the field, but there's going to be a whole bunch of other people coming along. And that's all great. Somebody asked me the other day, what if somebody comes along and copies your model? You see the typical mindset. I'm like, fantastic. What? What are you talking about? I'm like, isn't my goal to end hunger? That somebody else comes along and does the same thing. Isn't that good? What do you think? And a lot of people don't grasp that. But if you're doing good and you're really focused on the end cause, I was asked where we'd be in 10 years from now. I said, hopefully out of business. The lady <laughs> was floored with that. She's what? I'm like, yeah, let's hopefully we've done our job and we're going to be investing in repurposing food and doing all the stuff that needs to be done. It's not just about continuing to manufacture food and give food to these people. We need to solve this problem and we're just starting. Now, this is where in the infant stages. Yeah, definitely. That is the goal. Like the end goal is to solve it, solve the problem. I mean, and if you're able to do that, like check, like good job. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And in terms of for RTG, what are you guys' plans for the next like six months here? Purpose of an artist will launch next month. Head office will be Geneva. But again, we're feeding North America. That's the other thing. Somebody asked me, well, are you feeding people there? No, we're not. We're feeding people here. And then we're helping people everywhere else. So that's what we do everywhere. Even RTG Group Asia, which will have head office in Hong Kong, investors in Hong Kong, but we'll still be feeding Americans. And then sending money back there and then help doing a whole bunch of other causes, including possibly feeding if they need it. But that will be up to our team there to do that. So it's all about doing good everywhere, but it's all done because we're feeding people in North America. So we've got Purpose Driven Asia that will be open in the next 90 days, Purpose Driven Artists. But the big ones for us really are twofold over the next few months is number one is our new charity, which is called Recycle Giving. And the other one, which is really important to us, and I think will probably be one of our biggest, is a Purpose Driven Travel. Purpose Driven Travel will be the franchise model. We're really excited about that one. A lot of other people are excited about it too. As I said, we talked to a lot of professional athletes and they all want to get involved, which is fantastic. Yeah, so those are the ones. I think that we're pretty much set now. We've got the plans now for all of 2023 is with the ones we just mentioned, we'll be focusing on them, individual teams, of course. And then who knows what else I'll come up with during the year because I won't (laughs) be those anymore anyway. So I'll be able to come up with some new things. I know we've already got some people very interested in the vegan experience. So although we don't have a particular date, there are definitely people that want to run with that. And so that will launch sometime in 2023. Awesome. Very exciting times. And I love to ask this question just because I get so many different answers and they're always very insightful. What are you currently learning right now? Oh, I'm at a point right now in my life, Billy, where I've never learned as much every day as I'm learning right now. I'm consistently learning. I learn about patience. I'm not the same person I was even 10, 15 years ago. And I like it, by the way. I like the person I've become. And you probably know this, but a lot of people do, but athletes tend to be a little bit, you know, 
arrogant. And one of the reasons we have to be is because we're always telling ourselves how good we are because we're competing against everybody else and everybody else is telling us how good we are and we're just agreeing with them. But for <laughs> me, it, it, the learning curve has been so high, but it's nonstop. I literally learn every day. I've got other people. I become almost like a sponge these days. And I'm listening to what other people are talking about and the field the giving space in general, or the social impact space, whatever you want to call it, there's people doing all different things in it. They're really focused about doing good, and whether or not it might, it's going to be successful or not, that's what they're that's what they're focused on. I love that, and I love learning the different ways to do it. We're partnering up with a lot of different companies in the space, and that's really good too because I do again collaboration is a big thing for us. So yeah, I'm just in a huge learning curve. I feel like a kid again, and yeah, it's fun. I'm having a lot of fun. That's great. Always got to have fun in life. It's just. For sure. Way to live it. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And if somebody wants to reach out to you, learn more about what you're doing, wants to get involved, find out a way that their nonprofit can figure out the way to get into the sustainable funding program, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, I'm the most active on LinkedIn. Every morning I'm on LinkedIn. I post every day. I respond to all the messages. That's really the best. I get so many emails and everything sometimes. some, But on LinkedIn, I always take my time there. I enjoy that. Somebody asked me the other day about the morning posts and they're like, yeah, I love your morning posts and everything. Who are they for? And I said right away, they're for me. I, I'm glad <laughs> that everybody else is getting something out of them, but they're for me. And he was shocked. He was like, really? I'm like, yes. I get up every morning. I inspire myself. It's freaking fantastic. But I'm on there. I spend like an hour every morning because I get up pretty early. So that's usually the best place. I accept all the invites so you don't have to disconnect with me or follow me, but you can send messages. And that's always the best for me. They can always email me at, you know, askclarkrtggroupinc.com. Uh, but otherwise, that's the real one. The only thing I tell people all the time is don't call me because I never answer my phone. I just never. Now with Zoom and everything, I love Zoom calls. We can look at each so other. Nice. We can talk. Talking on the phone now is like almost foreign to me. It's meh. I don't want to tell you. you want to, how about I give you a call? I don't like the phone. It texts me and then we can set up a Zoom call. I like it. And when Google tells us that the future is videos and everything, yeah, I'm saying, yeah, yeah, no kidding it is. You don't even want to, you don't even want to talk to somebody on the phone without being able to see them now. Yeah. Yeah, that's the best way. Yep, definitely. You get, you're able to read expressions. It's just, it's so yeah, much it's better. You can look at the person. You can find out what they're thinking. You you say something funny. They don't laugh. You're like, that was a joke, right? Oh, okay. Oh, I'm okay. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> right. on the phone, they're just saying, what an idiot this guy is. And you're thinking that you're so funny. <laughs> right. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Stephen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was awesome having you on here. And I definitely will be able to have you back on the show sometime. I know next year you guys have got so much more coming along. So it'd be great to see where you're at in six months, eight months, 12 months. Yes. So I'd love to have you back on the show sometime. And thanks yeah. so much for coming on. My pleasure. Thank you very much. And anytime you want me, give me a call. And if you enjoyed learning about Stephen's RTG group of companies, then I invite you to check out this interview with We Hero. They also partner with nonprofits and large corporations to provide transformational volunteer experiences for employees of large corporations. So to keep in line with impacting nonprofits and helping them change the world, make sure you check out this interview with WeHero. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Green Business Impact Podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing your weekly dose of climate positivity. In a world that constantly inundates you with the negative things happening, it can be great to take a break and hear some great things happening in the world. Make sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app to stay up to date with the latest and best interviews of the top minds in the green industries. And if you are interested in launching your own podcast to make an even larger impact on the world, then look no farther than the podcasting platform that I use here to launch every single episode of Green Business Impact, Podbean. I searched through all the different podcasting platforms out there and the best choice by far was Podbean. They give you truly the best value and all the resources you need to spread your message to the world by easily connecting you to all the different podcasting networks like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of them. And they give you so many resources and opportunities to monetize it as well. So if you are on the fence about which podcasting platform to go with, make sure you check out the link in the description below to register your podcast with Podbean. Thanks again, and we can't wait to see you back here next time for another hit of Climate Positivity.